This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio C, it's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio C, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Can you feel that? It's game day eve. Yeah! Friday, September 9th, wherever and however you're connected, Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man I believe is more excited for a BYU football game than, than when, Jerem? Since Utah last year. Oh, there you go. Utah last year was so exciting, right? I feel great about this matchup and BYU's ability to compete and not just compete but win tomorrow, Spence. I just am very excited about it. We'll break it down throughout the show today. Uh, but top 10 team coming into Provo. It's hard to be. It's only happened, what, I think twice ever? Top 10 win at home. Uh, in Miami in 90 and Air Force in 85. So let's go, baby. Huge game. Uh, Dave McCann's getting ready for that flyover. We all are. It's going to be awesome, man. Huge game tomorrow night. Today's show lineup ready for you and ready to prepare you for what we think is going to be an epic weekend for BYU football. Like, for example, what would a win over number nine Baylor mean for BYU? And what would a, heaven forbid, Loss mean for the BYU Cougars in the grand scheme of this season. We will discuss both sides of that. Not to mention our Friday guarantees. This is becoming a thing now. This is a thing. We make our Friday guarantees for the BYU football game. You went 4-4 last week, did you not? I did go 4-4. It was like you're rolling up to Wendy's or something. Let's go. Let's keep that perfect streak going, shall we? Junior Baker Cheese. Greg Rubel will join us. Maybe he has a few guarantees. And it's another Fantasy Football Friday. After I beat you by the slimmest of margins. I'm making a move. We will I'm, set I'm our starting lineups. I'm dropping someone and adding someone from the okay, waiver well, wire. You've got, you've got a waiver I'm, wire yep, move. We've got a waiver wire move. Okay. First and, of the season. And will Puka Nakua <laughs> be in my starting lineup after I very foolishly benched him well, last week? ankle injury. Do you play him or not, right? We'll Do see. I take the risk? We'll see. We will discuss all of that, but not before we get to... Today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It is a ranked game day tomorrow for the home opener versus number nine Baylor, BYU ranked 21st. Bears head coach Dave Aranda knows BYU Jer- BYU's Jaron Hall could be a problem. The throws that he's able to complete and really the, you know, the, the throws that he, do- that he, he doesn't take. He doesn't, he doesn't put the team at risk. And so, uh, you know, he, from where we, he was, he was good last year, he's better now. Uh, we're just going to talk like this, just keep it low-key. Check right. out uh, pregame coverage for about three seconds there. on both BYU TV and BYU Radio at uh, 8 Eastern. To be fair, that was earlier in the week. Probably had a long night of watching film. And he's a fantastic football coach. The man wins a lot. Yeah, his winning is not tied to his vocal energy, that is for sure. How about some Cougars in the NFL? Very busy opening weekend. Tyler Algier and his Atlanta Falcons take on Taysom Hill, Daniel Sorensen, and the Saints. What do we know about Falcons Saints? They hate each other. They hate each other. That's a great rivalry opening game. Brady Christensen and the Panthers against Sione Takitaki and the Cleveland Browns. Jamal Williams and the Lions open against the Eagles. Michael Davis, Kyle Van Noy, former BYU teammates, now with the Chargers. They take on Ben Bagley's Raiders. Zach Wilson will sit the bench as the Jets open up against the Ravens. Fred Warner and the 49ers battle the Bears. Dax Milne and the Washington Commanders, and now the Commanders, remember, take on the Jaguars. 
And uh, a little side note, Matt Bushman is technically a free agent now following an injury settlement with the Kansas City Chiefs. We both believe he will be back on a practice squad at least when he is healthy and that clavicle has healed. We hope so. Uh, I broke my collarbone in fifth grade the day that BYU won the Copper Bowl in 94, by the way, and I had no idea it was also called the clavicle. So I showed up at my class and everyone's like, you broke your clavicle? I go, no, I broke my collarbone. I had no idea. Well, there you go, you learned. <laughs> Clavicle. That's the nerdiest word ever. Number 13, women's soccer ties Arkansas in a shootout 3-3. Not an actual shootout in penalties, it's like a shootout in the game. Five of those six goals were in the first 45. Crazy game last night. Cougars host Utah Valley tomorrow, 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app. In the battle of Shepherd sisters, Jenna and Jamie. 13th ranked women's soccer having a tough time closing out some games. Yeah. BYU women's volleyball also had some struggles last night. We know Georgia Tech's great, number 15. BYU was swept, and in the last set, lost 25-14. A little bit concerning. The Cougars don't have much time to dwell on that as they take on number eight Ohio State in Georgia tonight. It's time to bounce back. Yes, it is. Big, uh, big game for the ladies. Fourth-ranked men, seventh-ranked uh, women cross-country teams compete at the Run Elite Program Cross Classic in Taylorsville today. T-ville, if you're a Westsider, you know. Brigham Young University has released a new statement concerning the result of their investigation of the incident that happened two weeks ago during the BYU-Duke volleyball match. We're going to read the entirety of it to you, and that reads as follows. Quote, As part of our commitment to take any claims of racism seriously, BYU has completed its investigation into the allegation that racial slurs took place at the Duke versus BYU women's volleyball match on August 26th. We reviewed all available video and audio recordings, including security footage and raw footage from all camera angles taken by BYU TV of the match with broadcasting audio removed to ensure that the noise from the stands could be heard more clearly. We also reached out to more than 50 individuals who attended the event, Duke Athletic Department personnel and student athletes. BYU Athletic Department personnel and student-athletes, even security and event management, and fans who were in the arena that evening, including many of the fans in the on-court student section. It continues, From our extensive review, we have not found any evidence to corroborate the allegation that fans engaged in racial heckling or uttered racial slurs at the event. As we stated earlier, we would not tolerate any conduct that would make a student athlete feel unsafe. That is the reason for our immediate response and our thorough investigation. As a result of our investigation, we have lifted the ban on the fan who was identified as having uttered racial slurs during the match. We have not found any evidence that that individual engaged in such an activity. BYU sincerely apologizes to that fan for any hardship the ban has caused. The statement continues, Our fight is against racism, not against any individual or any institution. Each person impacted has strong feelings and experiences, <coughs> which we honor, and we encourage others to show similar civility and respect. We remain committed to rooting out racism wherever it is found. We hope we can all join together in that important fight. There will be some who assume we are being selective in our review. To the contrary, we have tried to be as thorough as possible in our investigation, and we renew our invitation for anyone with evidence contrary to our findings <coughs> to come forward and share it. 
Despite being unable to find supporting evidence of racial slurs in the many recordings and interviews, we hope that all those involved will understand our sincere efforts to ensure that all student-athletes competing at BYU feel safe. As stated by Athletics Director Tom Homel, BYU and BYU Athletics are committed to zero tolerance of racism, and we strive to provide a positive experience for everyone who attends our athletic events, including student-athletes, coaches, and fans, where they are valued and respected." End quote. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, the statement has been said. Time to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Jerem, game day eve. What would a win for BYU over Baylor mean? And in turn, what would a loss to Baylor mean for BYU in the grand scheme of the 2022 season? Okay, first off, let's talk about it. I love this matchup, right? Both teams are ranked. Bears versus Cougars, Dr. Pepper versus Coke. Yes. Uh, we don't, we're not going to get into it, but each school is affiliated with religion. Like There are similar and contrasting uh, conversations with this that seem very friendly. And it seems like it's like the neighbor that just moved in and we're getting to know each other. That's the relationship right now. I, I like this matchup. I'm excited for it. I don't call it a rivalry. We'll get to that a little bit later. Okay, if BYU wins, when BYU wins? Ooh. I believe BYU is going to win. I really okay. do. Okay. Top 10 win. The sixth time that will have ever happened. That's a, such a rare feat in, in BYU history, Spence. It would be one of the most notable wins in, in Cougar program history to beat Baylor. Now, and we think Baylor is going to be good this year. Like, this is a 9-plus win team, if not 11, right? They're very good. Uh, BYU suddenly flies up the rankings. Yes. They're inside yes. the top 14 at least, right? Maybe more. Is BYU then favored in Eugene next week, perhaps? The split with the big four is possible, like we've been talking about. 10-2-plus and two plus is still possible. Buzz about being a playoff contender starts to uh, uh, simmer a little bit, right? Big 12 confidence uh, versus the champs, not only for this year but next year going into the league. And then you defend home turf. I think that's really important. BYU needs to defend home turf in order to get that split, in order to have 10-plus wins possible. It would be one of the biggest wins in program history to win tomorrow. Yes. But how many times has BYU been ranked in this situation, right? A confident team ranked against Oklahoma, ranked against Miami, where uh, you feel like, hey, BYU's got a team that can win this game. And, oh, by the way, Vegas feels BYU's favored. If BYU wins, you can expect – I don't know, probably an eight-spot jump at least in the rankings. I know some people are saying, ah, they should flip-flop places. Yeah, it's, not, it's probably not going to happen that way. But, again, to note, it, it doesn't happen very often that BYU faces a top-10 team, and certainly the number of wins they have had against top-10 teams in history is limited, five and total. There, and there are freshmen on that, that are now seniors from the 2018 team that played against Wisconsin. Like, there are some members of the team who are rostered who know what it's like to get it done. Now you're at home. Go do it. Different venue, different energy, and certainly BYU has, they know what's on the line, massive opportunity. So not only is it just like a rankings boost, but, Jaron, the belief that BYU could do something special this season now really starts to take hold if they figure out a way to beat Baylor. Because it's 2-0. Oh, yes. Who's to say, okay, we just knocked off number nine Baylor. We destroyed USF the week before. Why would BYU not believe that they could go to Eugene and beat an Oregon team that lost to Georgia 49-3 and is going to have an FCS opponent? Like, the belief now goes next level. This is the most likely of those wins. Why? Because BYU is healthy right now. Minus Puka Nakua and, you know, Gunnar Romney. But, like, I'm talking, 
Last year, BYU got run over because Baylor, one, was better, and two, BYU was banged up. That combination wasn't good for BYU. That, that, the score was 14. It didn't feel like a 14-point game. BYU will be at least number 13 in the rankings going to Oregon if they beat Baylor. Now, to be fair to the situation, while both of us feel really good about the matchup, the time of the game, certainly the setting, the location, all advantages to BYU, if Baylor comes in and picks up a road win, then the Bears are legit. Okay? They, they might be the best team in the Big 12 again if they can handle this environment. And Blake Shapin, in his first true road hostile environment, comes away with a victory over BYU, then they might go back-to-back in the Big 12. Like, they would be my front-runner because this is a tall task for Baylor. Yes. If BYU is competitive, and in the previous five wins they've had over top ten teams, all have been one score, as you pointed out. We discussed score. this after the show a couple Tight. of days ago. It would be a close game. If BYU loses close, maybe they stay in the top 25. But, but probably history not. would say that ah, they probably drop in just out. I would guess that BYU's out. Yeah. And other things that could happen if BYU loses. Um, nine and three regular season expectation is probably where it slides for me. Yeah, yep. Same for you. Okay. One and three versus the big four is uh, a possibility. You hope you can win two of the next three, but... At Oregon, that hey, you, BYU could still go win at Oregon. Notre Dame feels like uh, a tough game. That's the most likely loss of the season. But hey, maybe BYU pulls off the upset. Arkansas is going to be a real physical team, kind of in that same spot that Baylor was last year. Um, where hey, is BYU beat up? Are they ready for KJ Jefferson, a 240-pound quarterback? Yeah, like, is, is Arkansas beat up because they go through a gauntlet say, before yeah. they come to Provo? Great point. Great point. Um, and then yeah, going 0-2 versus Baylor in back-to-back years before you go into the Big 12, it's like. All right, you know what? BYU, BYU had to kiss the ring, I guess, <laughs> of the champs and the preseason champs, if you will, of the league. So it's a big game. Um, BYU has more on the line than Baylor, by the way. BYU season a lot more rides on this, win, winning this than Baylor. Baylor has the Big 12. We're going to start to experience that again next year for the first time in a long time, people, where we go, oh, non-con wasn't what we wanted, but guess what? If we show up in league... We can still go to a great bowl game. That, and I'm talking like if you win the league, obviously you could be in the playoff if you're an automatic champ, the expanded playoff in a couple years kind of thing. Here's the other element of this game that I really like that is a benefit to BYU. While it is late, and we know that a lot of the East Coast voters, and they'll probably go to bed and figure out what happened the next morning, but it's one of only three ranked versus ranked matchups, and we believe it's the best ranked matchup in all of college football. So yeah. A lot of natural attention will be on this game. Just maybe some of those East Coast viewers are like, I'll stay up just a little bit longer because this is the best game. So performed really well in the first half. This is the opportunity. (laughs) Aside from beating Notre Dame, this is BYU's best opportunity to, quote-unquote, make the statement for the national writers. Yes. This is their best opportunity. And then next week again at Oregon, early Fox game, national. I mean, it's going to be big time. By the way, wear Royal to every game this year. That's the the, – you know, the direction received. We're royal to every game. Okay, topic two. Game day guarantees. We did this last week. You went foe for foe. I think I went one for four. Okay. Uh, what do you have this week? All right, my first guarantee, Jerem. Game day guarantee. And I'm going with what Coach Dave Aranda just alluded to in his press conference. Say, say it like Dave, though. Uh, I believe that uh, Jaron Hall will have at least a three-to-one TD to turnover ratio, Jerem. So, uh, Jerem Hall's – or Jerem – Jerem Hall, I like him Jaren even more Hall now. 
I like Jaren him a lot. Hall, Jerem, thank you. Will have at least a three to one TD to turnover ratio. So whether that's Ooh. a fumble or an interception, he's going to produce. Jared three to Hall's, one. He's going to show up in a big way. He will be responsible for at least three touchdowns, whether with his feet, yeah. or with his arm, or catching. And he might not turn the ball over at all. I'm going to give him a little bit of room to maybe deal with a fumble because of Baylor's uh, pass rush up front, really yeah. good, really strong, or an interception. But the point is, Jaron Hall's going to play a great game with the national spotlight. I guarantee 3-1 to one TD to turn over. I guarantee it. Number two, pretty simple and straightforward. The first team to 20 points is going to win this game, Jaron. The first, first to, to 20. 20. Okay. First to 20. So if BYU has a quick start, like they did against Utah and Arizona State last year, mm-hmm. and they held on with the emotion of that late-night crowd. Where were those games played? They were played at Lavelle Edwards What Stadium. time did those kick? 8-15 kick. Well, 8-20, yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. First <laughs> team to 20 wins the game. I guarantee it. You'll like the way you look. And my bold guarantee, and this is crazy based on what happened last year. Talk to me, Brian Logan. BYU will outrush Baylor Ooh. in this game. Baylor if ran so, BYU three, wins. Baylor ran for 303 yards against BYU last year. The Cougars combined for 67 rushing yards. Five sacks took that number way down, right? Yeah. I'm hoping that BYU goes, you know, 150-plus, and they can hold the Bears to a similar – it's going to be close, but I think BYU will outrush Baylor. Yes. What are your Friday guarantees? You already gained 110 in the game, by the way. Lost a bunch with the sex. Okay, number one, Chris Brooks will score a rushing touchdown. I just think he's going to be a machine this year and go for 14-plus. Okay. Um, he'll be the 15th player in BYU history with, 12, with uh, you know, that number. Blake Shapin will throw an interception. Okay. It's second true road game. His first real test right at Kansas State. Not the same as what he's going to see here. He didn't play in the bowl game, by the way, yeah. because he was injured. Yes. The biggest to game clarify. he played in was the yep. Big 12 championship. Which is a huge game. That knocked BYU out of the New Year's Six, perhaps. But it's not a road game. So if you're upset about BYU not being in the New Year's Six uh, last year, obviously uh, within BYU's control. Take it out on Baylor. Take it out on Blake Shapin, who uh, beat Oklahoma State. Okay, and number three, Baylor will force a turnover. Just know that it's going to happen. They've done this in 23 straight games, okay? I believe it will happen again. They're plus 21. Can BYU overcome it? Can it be a turnover that doesn't matter, meaning they they don't score off of that, right? Um, That's the hope, that... If Baylor forced a turnover, which I think they will, they're going to do it again. If BYU's clean the whole game, you they're going to win. You certainly help yourself, right? That's not everything, but it at least gives you a chance. Oh yeah, you want to talk about guarantees? If BYU has zero turnovers, one hundred percent they will win this game. Ooh, zero turnovers, one hundred percent at home in yeah. that scenario. But what if Baylor doesn't turn it over? It's just even. I don't right? care. Yeah. Zero turnovers, no momentum plays to help Baylor on the road. BYU's going to win the game. I love it. I just want BYU to win. I don't care how. But to your point. 2 nothing. I'd take it right now. To our guarantees, like, you think Baylor's going to force a turnover, and I gave some slack to Jaron Hall to have a turnover because Baylor's we, defense is so opportunistic. We think a turnover is happening, which is not even a crazy guess given that Baylor's done it so, so often so recently. Our question of the day, how confident are all of you that BYU will get the program's sixth win ever over a top 10 ranked team tomorrow when Baylor rolls into LES. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. All right, from at 11 Coleman on Twitter, Smiley Face begins his tweet. (laughs) BYU is healthy this year. BYU has a lot of experience. Let's let history repeat itself, baby. 1983 to 1984. Yep. Lost in Waco in yep. 83. Yep, yep, yep. 
big win in Provo in 84, and 2021, loss in Waco, 2022, the game back in Provo would be a win. Trust me, we're showing highlights of that game uh, on the program today. We're well aware. I want more verbal descriptions of emojis, by the way. Smiley, Smiley face. face emoji! Hey, tune in to BYU Sports Nation game day tomorrow night, Saturday night, 8 Eastern time to get you ready for BYU and Baylor. Two hours live from Cougar Canyon inside the stadium. Hey, the commissioner of the Big 12, Brett Yormark, will join the program. Let's go, baby. Up next, Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, tells us where he believes BYU has the statistical advantage tomorrow against top 10 ranked Baylor. Does he have any Friday guarantees? This is BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio C with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Jaron Hall and the Cougars getting ready for Baylor tomorrow night. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, to preview just what we think is going to be an electric game, electric atmosphere at mm-hmm. LaBelle Edwards Stadium. Uh, Greg, obviously not all games are created equally. Uh, fair to say that this one just feels a little bit different uh, compared to even last week for BYU? Uh, yes, and uh, I know there's been some reference to last year, the Utah weekend, uh, the vibe and the energy. I don't know if anything ever comes close. That was the week in which BYU got accepted into the Big 12. Why don't then, we do that today again? And then broke a string of, of nine straight losses uh, to their in-state rivals. So that was kind of a, kind of a standalone. But, uh, yeah, a late Saturday night against a future conference rival. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't wait. I think we've established that we're okay with these late kicks now, right? It took like 12 years. That's who we are. I think it's our thing, and I think we felt validated when the, the conference realignment happened where it's like, oh, we want that late time zone with Western teams. We go, oh, we do that. <laughs> it feels like we felt Big validated. Big 12 after dark way. is a thing. We now. want that. Okay, so let's talk about this matchup because obviously uh, it's, it's similar teams to last year, but it's not the same. The primary running backs for both teams are, are gone. What differences are you seeing that make you think BYU's got a, a chance at competing or even winning, unlike last year? Uh, the odds makers feel differently, I think, about the game. Yeah. Uh, Baylor was a team that uh, handled BYU pretty well last year, and they're the underdogs coming into this one here tomorrow night. Uh, the fact that BYU returns Jaron Hall, I think, I think matters a lot. Uh, Blake Shapin has his first true away start yes. tomorrow night. Okay, he came off the bench at Kansas State, home to Texas Tech, a neutral Big 12 title game, and then home to Albany. This is his first true away experience. And to have it be on a Saturday night, 9.20 p.m. kick, body clock, 65,000 fans in the stands, uh, an environment that has a reputation of, of frazzling opposing teams and quarterbacks, uh, Blake Shapin is, is uh, stepping into the fire tomorrow night, and I'm excited to see how he performs in that environment. So uh, that, that'll be new for Baylor. And, and, and two, they're, they're still introducing playmakers. Uh, they, they lost practically every primary pass catcher and ball carrier from last year, and they're starting someone that, different, that didn't start against BYU last year. That's a lot of novelty, and again, in again, an unfamiliar environment. BYU has um, more, let's say, more proven playmakers at this point. Now, the, the, the Romney-Nakua thing is a major asterisk. Those are playmakers whose availability is in, in question for tomorrow night. But BYU brings back a lot of playmakers. Uh, Lupini Katoa and Chris Brooks have been in the end zone around 50 times. 
in their college careers. That's wild. That's a lot of scores. <laughs> they, they, that, that's a lot to lean on. And Baylor's running backs, uh, they're, 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 they're new to that respect. They, they're, they're, you know, they're two and three and four touchdowns for their careers. And so BYU brings back a lot of experience at really important spots. I like the way the O-lines shape up, both teams. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. Baylor brings back four returning starters from an O-line that graded BYU last year, just graded the Cougars. Uh, yet BYU's O-line is right there, returning a ton of starting reps and look real good against South Florida in week one. I love the matchup. It's fascinating. All right, we'll start with this question. In terms of Baylor's ability to road grade against BYU, 303 rushing yards mm-hmm. last year. I mean, just, yeah, a, a tough game for BYU to say the least. How much of a difference will a healthy Keenan Peely and a healthy core of linebackers, for that matter, uh, help assist the defensive front and prevent something like uh, like that from happening? Again? Yeah, I hope it makes a big difference. And I do think that, that BYU's D-line rotation – uh, you know, again, ideally pays off on a night like tomorrow night when you can stay fresh with a lot of, you know, I, my, my, my defensive line board right now, you know, features 12 guys. I've got 12, 12, guys. I've got 12 guys on the Greg's board. Greg's got his play-by-play boards and, here. And, and, and I, would, I, I won't be surprised if all 12 see snaps uh, on the D-line tomorrow night. I, I do like that aspect about Elisha Tuiaki's defense. Is he, he believes he can go, you know, really that deep, double-digit deep on the D-line with a healthy rotation. I really thought it was fascinating, too, how he used Tyler Batty last week uh, at South Florida. He wasn't a straight down lineman all night by any stretch. He, was, he looked like a linebacker on some snaps. He was really moved around a little bit. And I'll be curious to see, you know, what they do with Tyler in that respect week to week and kind of implement him as kind of that, uh, that, that versatile piece on the defense. You mentioned uh, Pukunuku and Gunnar Romney. Do you expect to see them tomorrow? What's your situation? No, I, 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 you know, I, I think it's better to be surprised than disappointed. So I, I'll go in saying I, I, I'd be surprised if both played, let's put it that way. Um, there's no doubt. You know, losing Gunnar Romney early in camp and losing Pukunuku seven minutes into the season, those are suboptimal outcomes. BYU is better with those two guys on the field. And, and BYU needs more games with those guys healthy together. I don't think we've seen enough of those guys together healthy. They accounted for 250 receiving yards in Waco last year. Like, they were the pass game last year with Jaron Hall. And, and they may or may not be available tomorrow. But I believe in Keanu Hill. I believe in Chase Roberts. I believe in Braden Cosper. I believe in Cody Epps. I believe in Terrence Fall. I believe in three good tight ends. I believe in pass catchers out of the backfield. I believe that 10 pass catchers last week was not an illusion. Ooh. I believe BYU can succeed with or without Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua. Yes, they're better with them. And, yeah, your chances of victory increase with them. But they're not bereft of talent without them. And I think last week showed that. You may have just answered the question, Greg. Uh, BYU does have – a ton of playmakers, and we're looking for advantages that we can point to for BYU over Baylor. So where else do you see an advantage for BYU against a really good Bears team? I'll go back to 12th man. I'll go back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium and a late Saturday night and a sold-out crowd or near a sold-out crowd. Um, I, I think that, that hopefully will play uh, a factor. It did against Arizona State. It had, a, it, had a, it had a role in the game last year against a pretty good Arizona State team coming into Provo. Um, and I just tweeted this stat out. It's a fun one. Uh, Baylor has uh, yet to win a game on grass under Dave Aranda. <laughs> wow! So, uh, <laughs> what? So we'll go. This uh, thing is over. Twelfth man and horticulture. Uh, <laughs> uh, see, secret advantages for beat. Now, granted, they haven't, they haven't played a ton of games on natural turf. Only I three, love it. but they are uh, zero three in those games. So yeah, that's twelfth uh, man and horticulture. <laughs> that's a Greg Rubel special right there, which is awesome. Oh, that's okay, fantastic. obviously. Uh, Baylor really honed in, did a great job of, of limiting the run game last year. Mm-hmm. With Chris Tyler Algier, an NFL running back, that kept, kept in check. It's hard to feel like, yep, BYU's going to just snap out of that. 
but we feel like this O-line has improved. We feel like Christopher Brooks is is a very good sort of second act to Tyler Algier as and Lopini. As they say in Utah, he's the real deal. He's the real deal yeah. mm-hmm. tomorrow in the field, uh, yeah. Yeah. which will be interesting. What kind of difference do you feel like Chris Brooks will make? And Aaron Roderick this week said, hey, I think it's time for him to get more carries. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Tyler Algier was really, really good, and Baylor did a nice job with him. So it's, it's, it, it's Chris Brooks doesn't automatically um, – you know, run for what he had against South Florida last week. But uh, I, I, I think it's as comfortable as you can be with another year of experience on that O-line, uh, knowing that you can give him the rock and expect him to be a Tyler Algier-like uh, workhorse. Um, but, you know, Baylor's D-line, again, is no joke either. I mean, there there's some big boys up yep. there. And uh, and so uh, BYU, every, every yard BYU gets, will have, they'll, they'll have earned. I guess to re- I just think it's, again, the standard of the uh, of, of the Big 12. I, yeah. I think that's this is a returning conference champ with a lot of playmakers they're trying to still discover. But, you know, Shapin won the job outright legitimately. That's why we saw Gary Bohannon last week and not this week. Um, and so there, there, there's a lot that they can feel confident about. But, again, there's a reason that people think BYU's got a, a real good chance to win this game tomorrow night. How many former and current Baylor quarterbacks are BYU going to face this year? They we've been, talking, we've been talking about this. Charlie Brewer's potentially down the line at Liberty. And yeah, now, broke of course, his hand. He got hurt, too. He broke his hand in the first game. Yeah. 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 So maybe he'll be Hopefully available. He heals up. By yeah. the way, you, you mentioned Terrence Fall. I don't think people understand who he, – he's French. Like, he's from France. Oui. And uh, he went to high school, I think, one year in California. And then now he caught a pass, which is pretty cool. It's I'm not sure we've had a, a French guy catch a pass. Trebian. Yeah. Oh, Hold on. Is this the Quebec version of Canada? This is the Canada France, coming out? France connection it's, here. It's grade nine French, is what it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Not ninth grade. Yeah. Grade, grade nine. nine. French. Grade yeah. nine. Grade French. nine. Canada, grade nine. America, it's, ninth grade. It's Zed, not Z. Greg Rebel, the voice of the Postal Cougars, code. is with us on BYU Sports Nation. We have been looking at both sides of this uh, potential BYU outcomes here, obviously. What a win would mean for the Cougars in the grand scheme of this 2022 season and what a loss would mean in turn. So let's ask you first, what would a win do for BYU on the national scope tomorrow if BYU is able to beat Baylor? Yeah, springboard into the top 15, I think, and now you're in the conversation like they were last year. Remember September? BYU got into the conversation, capital T, capital C, pretty early, and that's what that would do this year. Um, The loss... Uh, is your loss, right? You, you get your one loss if you're a team like BYU, and then you basically have to stay perfect the rest of the way to stay in or get back in the conversation. So I think we know what it means, and it comes pretty early for BYU every year that games like this yep. have this much riding on them. But what a great springboard it would be. And again, it's, it's an ESPN late-night affair. It's two ranked teams. It's every opportunity for BYU to show that they belong in the conversation. Let's go, okay. And that conversation continues on Cougar Pregame Live tomorrow night, 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Hey, Ben Bagley uh, from Cougar Canyon. He'll be with us in Cougar Canyon tomorrow. Ben and Riley, I'll make a stop by. Yeah, we'll see the fans. (laughs) He'll say, utter a few words, perhaps, at some point. Yeah, it'll be good. Okay, Greg, great to have you on the show, man. Always my pleasure. Okay, coming up, as mentioned, tomorrow night, Greg, Riley Nelson, Mitchell Juergens, Ben Bagley, and the uh, unseen Jason Shepard will be part of the Baylor against BYU (laughs) Cougar pregame live coverage, 8 Eastern on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. Jason's calling the UVU game on the radio, and then he'll come over to the game. Love you, Chef. See you at halftime. Yeah. And is BYU-Baylor a rivalry at this point? We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, 84, baby! 40. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. 
Make sure you're following BYU Sports Nation on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok for the latest and greatest. It's that simple, people. Welcome back on a Friday. He is Jeremiah Spencer. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Earlier this week, BYU Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick was asked about Christopher Brooks and what is next for him after game one. Probably next step is just more carries, you know, showing that you can carry the load, you know, 20 times. And that's, you know, you have to get 13 in the game. And we, I would envision there's going to be games this year where he's in the 20s. And, um, and uh, that's, you know, the great backs like Tyler last year got stronger as the game went on. The, the farther into the 20s he got in his carries, the stronger he got. And, um, I'm, you know, that remains to be seen about Chris, but I have a lot of confidence in him. Will Christopher Brooks have 20-plus carries against Baylor? No, but it'll be close. He's not going to get to the 20 mark tomorrow against Baylor. I think there are just too many different nuanced things and special sets and packages that Aaron Roderick did not show against South Florida that are going to be rolled out. Uh, I think BYU is certainly going to spread the ball around. I just don't think it's 20-plus carries for Brooks tomorrow. I think they'll utilize uh, Lopini Catal a little bit more. Maybe Jaron Hall runs a little bit more. So he'll get there, but not tomorrow. I'll say yes. So yes, he gets 20 Ooh. on the nose. Okay. There seems to be a push of sorts to make this Baylor-BYU matchup a rivalry. Is it a rivalry? I think that's Board Reporters midweek, uh, just trying to <laughs> scratch something out. Um, it's like a volcano, rivalries are. They just happen. You don't like summon a volcano. But, uh, their connections is certainly tipped towards that. Uh, Grimes and Mateos, of course, were at BYU. Uh, the friendly neighbor thing I mentioned, uh, uh, we just moved in the Big 12 neighborhood, kind of, right? Or we said we're building in the Big 12 neighborhood, if you will. You need some vitriol to really have a rivalry. Yes. And that hasn't happened with Baylor. Perhaps down the road it will, but it's all uh, rainbows and sunshine right now with Baylor. No, I, there's more of a rivalry, honestly, with Texas. Um, because of what BYU has done Doesn't to Texas. Doesn't Texas have to beat BYU recently? Yes, yes, but I said, like, my point it's is been 11 like, years. Like my point is, BYU Baylor is not a rivalry. Like, no, like no, it's more with Texas. Could Maybe, it be? Sure. There's built-in vitriol based on Mountain West Conference days and bad feelings with TCU. But even that, it's been 13 I wouldn't years. I would call that so a rivalry. It's, so it's gone away. Right? It was a competitive rivalry when they got good for a couple of years. In 2005, they were, people were upset about the 51-50 loss, and then BYU went back and upset a ranked team the next year, and then but it wasn't back and forth, and then Andy Dalton. The last time game day was here at the ESPN, Andy Dalton and company, like frankly, embarrassed BYU. So oh, there's some history there. I, I feel yeah. like that that has like the natural footing of something that could become a rival, a real rivalry. Perhaps, but you got to have these moments. That where you're like, it's got to exist. Someone's got to throw a mouthpiece. They existed in the Mountain West TCU, but it's, it's been 13 I years. I don't even feel that way about them in the Mountain West, frankly. Can BYU women's volleyball get a top 16 seed in the NCAA tournament without getting a win tonight over eighth-ranked Ohio State? Yes, because San Diego is awesome, Jerem. If BYU figures it out, even if they lose against Ohio State tonight, if BYU can figure it out in the West Coast Conference and beat San Diego twice, if you beat San Diego twice, that's a team that beat Ohio State. Uh, or sorry, that beat Pitt and Ohio State, right? Mm -hmm. Then maybe you redeem yourself in conference. So yeah, BYU can still get it, but it'd probably be like a like probably be like 15 or 16 overall. Yeah, BYU can still do it, but they're gonna have to win basically every other game, almost. You still play Utah on the road. That's a good game. You play San Diego twice. There's some good games with Pepperdine and LMU in league, but uh, BYU is gonna have to avoid some stumbles to get that top 16. You want that top 16 because that means you're hosting your first and second sure. round. Yeah. 
Speaking of seeding and positioning for the postseason, BYU women's soccer certainly uh, aware of what they could do this year, but they haven't really produced to this point in the big matches aside from Ohio State. In fact, they've given up eight goals yep. in the last four home matches. Not matches on the road, home matches. It just doesn't happen. Um, is this a big deal or no deal that BYU is struggling at home? Big deal. Um, because BYU never gave up eight in a four-game span last year at all. And I know it's not last year's team, but there's a lot, all but three players back from last year's team. I believe BYU is very good. Um, I think they're going to figure it out. But they, they gave up three goals the last ten games total of last year's season. Defensively, BYU has some things to figure out. And uh, tomorrow night we'll see it on display against UVU. Yeah, this, this is a big deal because BYU is pacing probably to host an opening round NCAA tournament game. But they, like, if this things continue in status quo and this keeps happening, that they're only going to get one home game and they got to go on the road. Yeah, and and last year they had to go on the road as well and go win, and sometimes that's what you got to do. Jackson Payne, our homie and editor at the Daily Universe, tweeted out this screenshot from last year's BYU Baylor game with the following: "This is my biggest fear for Saturday with a gaping hole." Uh, uh, okay. 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 Then our own Hema Haymuli, producer extraordinaire here, retweeted it with a simple fix. Yeah. Keenan Peely will plug that hole. Did Hema nail the problem? Presented by Jackson. I tweeted it out yesterday. This is an elite tweet, <laughs> Jerem. An elite response to that concern from Jackson Payne by Hema. The stick figure Keenan Peely <laughs> says it all. He will make a huge impact tomorrow against Baylor. Healthy Peyton Wilgar, whose uh, labrum and shoulders aren't just slipping out. Max Julian, and Ben Bywater now not the main guys, but like they can just fill their roles on the outside joining Peely and Wilgar. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and the top two rushers again for Baylor have uh, moved on to the NFL. So it's, a, it's a different squad, different squad. Yeah. Still a very good team, not saying they're not. Take advantage of a home opportunity. That, that I mean, just if BYU can get the crowd in this game early, watch out. Well, crowd, just be in it no matter what. Like, don't wait for BYU to do something. Just be in it, okay? 13th ranked women's soccer host Utah Valley tomorrow night, 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app. It's a battle between the Shepherd sisters, Jenna for UVU, Jamie for BYU. You can watch it on the BYU TV app or listen on the BYU radio. I have a feeling BYU is going to be angry after the tie last night. Uh, this feels like a 4-0, 5-0 type game, Gerald. Fantasy Football Friday is up next. Which players will we leave on our benches this week? This is BYU Sports Nation. Interesting selection on the two athletes that were featured in that video coming back as we approach fantasy football because both of those players were on the bench last week. Yeah, I see the troll job of the producers. Right. Well played, production. Well played, Mauer. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio C. We deserve that one. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay, it's so still now, one now the question is, <laughs> who, who do we need to start so that we avoid Mistakes like we made last week. But first, because this is BYU, let's lay down some rules. We have seven current or former BYU players on our roster. Yes. NFL and college. We each pick three players who will start. One's got to be offense. One's got to be defense. And then you can have whoever. Uh, uh, each week, we can replace one player via the waiver wire. Whoever lost gets the first choice. And I have the first choice. And I will exercise that in a moment. All right. Okay. The scoring on our Fantasy Football Fridays works as follows. 
The offense, one point per 10 rush or receiving yards, four points per pass touchdown, mm -hmm. six points per rush or receiving touchdown on defense, one point per tackle, two points for a tackle for loss, three points for a sack, four points for an interception, fumble recovery, or forced fumble, six points for a defensive touchdown. And on special teams, one point for extra points, three points for a field goal, unless the field goal is 50-plus yards, then you get two bonus points for a total of five points for a lengthy field goal. Okay, so I lost in an epic 28-28 battle last week. 29-28, one-point win. So I am, I am dropping Kyle Van Noy. So you get the number one pick on the waiver wire because you lost. Yes, and I'm picking up Lapini Katoa. Okay, that is my move. Oh, okay. you took Lopini Katoa, which means I can't take Lopini Katoa, so no waiver wire move for me. Just a reminder, I have no team. receivers or tight ends on my team. All right. Okay. What? Here are my starters. Not surprisingly, Jaron Hall, the number one overall pick in our BYU Sports Nation fantasy football draft a week ago, will start for me. He scored 22 points last week. Every he's week. the reason I won last week, quite frankly. Oh, he's a baller. Jaron Hall will start a quarterback. Fred Warner, mm. NFL starting up, Jerem. First fantasy start for me Hopefully has four on this team with the San Francisco 49ers. And yes, I'm taking a risk. Knowing that Puka Nakua is questionable, according to Aaron Roderick, I am starting Puka Nakua. I hope he plays. If he does, he will be a major impact player for the Cougars. Okay, on paper, you should just destroy me, okay? But we don't play it on paper. Okay, here are my starters. Christopher Brooks gets a start. He's my workhorse. He had 20 points last week. Kind of neutralized Jaron somewhat, right? The 22 and 20. Keenan Peely, I need you to show up. You just had three tackles. I need you to have, like... Uh, force fumble. If you have a touchdown, that'd be great too. But like, I need like eight tackles from Keenan, okay? And I'm putting Lopini just right in. I'm I'm banking wow, on him. The, right, gathering, you're wired to start. Going, getting 70 to 80 yards combined rush receive. I'm hoping there's a touch in there somewhere. Touchdown, that is. And uh, those are my Woo, fantasy starters. The two now, reminder, backs. My thing is, I have Zach Wilson and Tyler Algier. Like, I I did not start Tyler in week one. I'm not sure exactly how many carries he's going to get. I need Zach Wilson to get healthy because then I'm going to play him a lot. I'm going to play Zach Wilson a lot. Okay, you're going the two running back approach. I have no running backs uh, playing on my fantasy football team. Quarterback, linebacker, receiver for me. Yeah. And can I just make – can I point out a technicality here? Fantasy football actually is played on paper. It literally is played it on paper. It literally is played on paper. But uh, <laughs> what kind of paper? Is it papyrus? Is it, uh, is it, would, is it ledger? Is it letter? Like, that That needs to be figured we out. We should here. play it on the paper that's easiest on the horticulture. Okay? So Protect much horticulture. The environment. How about, <laughs> how about that stat from Greg? Dave Aranda has not coached Baylor to a win on grass. 0 oh, 3. <laughs> so, home field and horticulture are the advantages Dude, for BYU. What if after the game he's like, listen, we have really got to train on grass and figure this out? No. They, no. He, so, he has no idea that is the case. Now, in all seriousness. Wait, what were we before? Does BYU need Puka Nakua to beat Baylor? Like, if he does not play, Good does, question. can BYU still beat Baylor? Now, on paper, that's <laughs> not playing on paper, but this is, you would think, ah, probably needs, need him to win. But I feel the same as Greg, and maybe you do too, it, which is I'm confident based on what we saw last week. I know that South Florida's defense is not rolling out there. It's Baylor's. It's very different. That the, but that BYU has capable weapons. When Chase Roberts is done here, we're going to say, that dude was Gunnar Romney-like 
if not better. Dax right? Milne, Gunnar Romney, Chase yes. Roberts. Chase Roberts is the next guy in line here. Okay, Keanu Hill is the number three on this team. He's very good. Cody Epps, Terrence Fall, Dallin Holker. Like, if BYU's targeting these guys, I'm confident they're coming down with the ball. Brandon Cosper, perhaps the most underrated receiver on the team. This guy was the best receiver coming out of the state of Utah in high school. He's been injured. Now he's going. And uh, these guys are waiting for this opportunity. If Puka and Gunner can't go, or just Gunner's out or whatever, hey, these guys are ready. I- I'm confident. And remember, I think we'll see Jaron Hall run a little more in this. Like, if you're going to play that card, you're holding on to it. If you're in Roderick, like the Jaron Hall rushes card. BYU didn't card, have to show a ton. Now's the game to play this card. Just like last year, BYU beat Utah in this home opener situation because of Jaron's running ability yes. on third and fourth down. BYU did not have to show a ton of sets and put a ton of new stuff on film against South Florida. Sure. I mean, they ran pretty base sets, especially on defense. They were very, very basic. And then on once defense. BYU's up like 38 0 or whatever, it's vanilla. So th- listen, the BYU coaches are going to roll out some new things tomorrow that Baylor absolutely has not seen and are, cannot be prepared for because they're not on tape anywhere. Let's go. Aaron Roderick's going to call a great game, I imagine. Tune in to BYU Sports Station Game Day tomorrow night, 8 Eastern Time. Get you ready for BYU and Baylor. Two-hour show from Cougar Cannon and inside the stadium, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark will join the program. And a rise and shout-out to history up next. 84, baby! This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. What are all these people wearing red at a BYU football game in 1984? Any, uh, anyway, that BYU versus Baylor highlights. How about that? On demand. You can watch that game on demand on the BYU TV app as well as this program as well. Yeah, you want good vibes going into the game tomorrow night? Stream that game. Do it for Steve Young. On your phone, your computer. Yeah, some vengeance for Steve. Do it for 83 loss. 83. Let's get some responses from you, our friends, the fans of BYU Sports Nation, in response to how confident you are that BYU will get the sixth ever win over a top 10 ranked team tomorrow when Baylor visits Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Uh, Colton Schmidt weighs in on the question. Uh, before we uh, get to the top 10 ranked team tomorrow. He just weighs in on the rivalry conversation, Jerem. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. Colton says, BYU-Baylor has been set up to be a solid rivalry, and it does feel like one at this point. Really? I, yeah, I don't feel that way, personally. At least with fans outside the Utah bubble, both Christian schools, the coaches, styles, etc., it seems like more of a sibling rivalry than our thing with Utah. Our thing with Utah. Which is a heated <laughs> turf war. Well, it's turf for them, grass for us, but yeah. I, I, I'm not there yet. I, I need. I, just, I need. This needs to be more. Yes, need more games. And again, you need a reason to di- like. A, there's not a. There's not a rivalry where you're like you like the other team. I like Baylor. I'm a fan of the football program. Like Steve Young could say, I've got bad blood with Baylor. Like Steve and the '83 team can speak from a point of view. Like, okay, we get that. Yes. But, but that was in '83. Like what? It's been 38 years. Come on. Okay. All right, now for top 10 ranked team tomorrow night, Baylor. Can BYU get it done? At CougarA70 on Twitter says, In spite of my blue goggles, I am apprehensive. If Pukunakua and or Gunnar Romney are full strength, I think BYU wins. Mm. Lavelle Edwards Stadium, altitude, time, and fans will carry the day. BYU's linebackers will be the key to controlling the running game. 
smash mouth football in the trenches, go Cougs. Yeah. Again, that, can, can BYU win without Puka and without Gunner? Without Puka and Gunner. It's, it's a taller task. It certainly is. But uh, I think BYU can do it because if this O-line is as legit as we think it is, then BYU's got to be able to run the ball with Christopher Brooks and Lopini Coteau. Okay? And then Jaron Hall, again, play that card, the Jaron run card. Obviously stay healthy. But you get, you got to take some risks against a top-10 team. You, ju- you just do. I'm not talking play calling. I'm calling putting Jaron out there a little more to make a play should it be needed on a third or fourth down, right? Obviously, he's going to slide where he needs to slide, but there's a few times where he might have to barrel into the end zone, get that score late in the fourth that may put BYU ahead. Like, who knows? And then the defense has got to be there in a way they weren't there. Obviously, we're on skates in the run uh, defense game. Got to show up in that regard. The Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from at Sapporo underscore Mochan. Thank you for saying that. Sapporo. Like Japan? Yes. Nice. Okay. He says he's as confident as Jerem's top button. Oh. Which is okay. not on display today. No. Nope, t-shirt it's T-shirt day. Okay. T-shirt day. But, as confident uh, as your top button. Like as the – I'm trying to understand exactly. I believe it's – As me uh, with in the, with well, 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 the top no, button? No, I believe it's like the fact that you will wear the top button. Yeah. Like that type of conf- – like you have the confidence, like you're, you're a top at, button at the, guy. At this point, I'm like an extremist top button. You're all you know in? I mean? Okay, clearly all in. <laughs> if the shirt still fits, jeez. Today's Rise and Shout Outs presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's give it to – the game that we've been watching highlights of throughout today's show. Mm-hmm. To the win in 1984 oh. over Baylor. Glenn Greg Rebell's first BYU game in person, by the way. As a, yeah, as a student. A 17-year-old uh, from Alberta just showing up. This, this was a payback for the loss the year before. Steve Young and company Baylor scores late in that game to win. BYU wins in 1984. Shall we have a similar situation? I'm not talking about the margin because that's crazy. I'm talking about... That BYU lost last year and wins this year at home. That situation. Huge game. Can BYU get it done, man? Top 10 games, Spence, tomorrow night. We play it I'm earlier so than, excited. We play it earlier than 8.50. I don't want to wait all day. No, that's part of the advantage. That's true. It's part true. Of the advantage. I'm willing to wait all day for the advantage. Our thanks to today's guest, the aforementioned Greg Rebell. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to David Mills, who had a touchdown catch. Oh, very game. nice. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation Game Day on BYU TV and BYU Women's Soccer on the BYU TV app, both starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Go Cougs! Let's go! Beat Baylor!